0: Welcome to the Digital Gardening Podcast, a podcast aimed at cultivating digital literacy in higher education. It's a project of the Digital Gardener Initiative at Indiana University, a university-wide multidisciplinary program aimed at promoting digital literacy. I'm Adam Maxwell, an Associate Professor of Journalism and Media at IU Southeast and the co-lead for the Digital Gardener Initiative. I'm joined by my podcast co-host, Paul Cook.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Cook, Associate Professor of English at IU Kokomo and one of the first Digital Gardener Faculty Fellows. This is our first episode of this podcast, which is aimed at exploring how universities are addressing the challenges and opportunities of today's information and media landscapes to prepare students for complex, interconnected digital futures. We hope this podcast will be useful to higher education teachers and
0: leaders and researchers. Who are interested in integrating digital ways of knowing, doing, and making in the classroom and beyond. We're, we're hoping to produce about an episode uh, every couple of weeks or so.
1: While we will share what we're doing in the Digital Gardener Initiative at IU, we also plan to expand and bring in guests from across higher education to explore best practices and innovative approaches to digital literacy. Most of the episodes will be discussions and interviews with thought leaders and innovators and people just like you. So in this first episode, Paul's going to
0: interview me and my fellow Digital Literacy Initiative co-lead, Justin Hodgson. Justin's an Associate Professor of English at IU Bloomington and an Adobe uh, Digital Literacy Thought Leader. So we'll play a little bit of music and then you'll hear the interview.
1: I want to start out by asking you guys how this idea came to be you know at what point uh what you know where would you trace the origins of dgi back to i know i first heard about it in i think may of 2021 uh when i was brought on board as a grounding gardener but i know that the history goes back even further so what you know what was the impetus for this
2: yeah i guess i'll, I'll take a take a stab at trying to figure out where we came from right adam um so uh you know, in part, I think the, the real catalyst for this comes out of a conversation we had with Julie Johnson, um, who's the Director of Learning Spaces at IU. And at the time, she was the Interim Associate Vice President of uh, Learning Technologies. And we were talking about um, building, actually, an idea garden at IU Bloomington. Uh, and Julie asked, what would that look like? And, and you know, what kind of considerations do we need to, to think about uh, in terms of building an idea garden at IU Bloomington? And so I created this large sort of Scale document that outlines uh, all the different directions that that we could take. uh, Something like the Idea Garden, which, if you're unfamiliar, there's an Idea Garden at IUPUI, um, and it's like a next-gen teaching and engagement space for students to learn some real cutting-edge technologies. And it's one of my favorite spaces on all the IU campuses. It's really fantastic. Um, and so I thought, well, at IU Bloomington, it would have to have some sort of research component because of the commitment to the the, the school and the way that the university operates and the faculty sort of think about these kinds of spaces. There'd be an outreach program, there'd be a student program, there'd be a faculty development program, we'd have community. And you know, it was like half coffee shop, half bowling alley, half technology, right? Um, and it was a really great vision, um, probably way more money than and way more thinking than Julie wanted. But the reality is what we when we came up with this sort of statement about the values, and we knew that part of the goal was to try and improve student engagement with digital literacy, digital fluency, digital agility, um, and to better prepare them uh, and faculty uh, for the current and coming sort of climate of, of, of the world. You know, we were right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we were already talking about this stuff before the pandemic, but the pandemic sort of actually exacerbated a lot of these qualities. And so from that random set of of things about what a Bloomington Idea Garden could look like, one key component that kept coming up for us was a faculty fellows program and thinking about where could we have the most impact. And and this is really where, you know, sort of Adam and I in the collaboration and our work with like my work with Adobe and Adams involvement with education leaders through Adobe, but also through the UITS teaching learning group. Um, and facet and and things like that sort of coalesce into this great moment to think well let's let's put our let's put our energies into where we know we can have impact um and so the digital gardener initiative while it's a system-wide attempt to drive digital literacy and improve student engagement with technologies and preparation for life both you know at iu and then beyond it really starts with if we can get a handful of faculty to see the impact these tools can have and the practices that they can enable um, we can make a difference and we can make a difference at a scale that just he and I on our own could not do. Um, and so that's really the the kind of the ca- catalyst moment of us saying, well, let's, let's think about faculty development. How do we, how do we do that? And what does that look like? Um, and then of course, Adam had the brilliant idea of, well, let's bring in a bunch of other people who aren't us. <laughs> uh, and then that's how we ran into you, Paul, of all things. Right. And so um, to think about what more broadly, what digital literacy looks like um, across the i u systems and and what other kinds of faculty are doing um, you know at, at at scale at level at implementation at, at practice and I'd seen some of it at i u given my at bloomington given my work with the college task force, but it became critical for us to have this kind of multitude of voices too
0: yeah you know uh, you know for for me uh, you know I, i've i i've been you know interested in in collaboration across across the university. So, you know, I'm, I'm a faculty member at IU Southeast and, and and, you know, part of my my role, I have a faculty fellowship role within UITS UITS um, in the Learning Technologies Division is to really think about how can we um, uh, innovate uh, um, in, in some ways, uh, you know, uh, at scale, but but certainly innovate through communities across um, across the the university, and this was just a natural sort of place to 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 do that, right? You know, um, IU has done. You know, faculty development um, initiatives before uh, Mosaic is a is a really great example. Um, but you know, in some ways, even though Mosaic uh, principles and active learning can be done in any classroom, um, you know, there is still a big, a big part of, of you know having the right uh, physical infrastructure uh, in a classroom, the right technology, um, and with digital literacy. Uh, It doesn't necessarily need the physical infrastructure in the same way that sort of active learning classrooms uh, or active learning needs, needs those active learning classrooms. And and we have it, you know, we we have such an amazing cyber infrastructure at IU that really emphasizes, that, that, that really provides these tools like the Adobe Creative Cloud, like collaboration tools within uh, you know uh, Microsoft 365 you know other tools and, and many of these are provided across the entire university no matter what campus you're on so we thought this would be a really good opportunity for us to you know, we already have the this, this cyber infrastructure there really it, it's an it's an element of, of of faculty development um so you know early on in the process we sort of started talking about you know well well, what is it right what's it called right is it digital literacy what does digital literacy mean right and kind of started to go down down that rabbit hole and and we um we coalesced around this sort of idea of of the garden or the digital digital garden um in in part you know and to be sure we borrowed the metaphor from the idea garden and from uh, matt decker and others who, who who and his team who developed it but thought digital garden really makes sense for what we're trying to do because in the sort of new literacies or new competencies or modern modern competencies that you know people talk about um you know you hear a lot of different phrases that have that share a lot of a lot of commonalities right you hear information literacy digital literacy news literacy um you know uh creative confidence creative competence uh you know uh, all of this and we thought well what what can can bring those things together, right? And and we and, and this is where we kind of came with this this notion of digital gardening, right? Digital gardens are diverse, right? You don't have just one one plant, right? You have many different kinds of plants, uh, but they're of the same soil, and in in some ways they're 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 uh, interdependent on one another, uh, and um, and and you can also take things from one garden and and you know. transplanted to to another. So the metaphor just really worked for what we're trying to do in both the diversity of the concept, but also the diversity um, of campus and discipline, uh, which is why, you know, we have involvement in in our Digital Gardener Faculty Fellows Program from all of our campuses in a vast, vast variety of disciplines.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that I've noticed too, and you spoke to this, both of you, you know, is that IU has such an has made such a huge investment in its kind of computational infrastructure, its relationship with Adobe and so forth and so on. But if people aren't being taught and being encouraged to use those digital tools, it's like so many tools just kind of sitting in a tool shed, not being not being used, right? Not you know, not uh, not cultivating. The soil, And so I think in a lot of ways, what I'm hearing from, from you guys is that DGI is kind of that connection between the computational infrastructure and where it meets the classroom in terms of getting people excited and kind of lowering the bar for participation in terms of teaching with technology, which I think, you know, as we know from research and from personal experience, a lot of faculty have have hangups, have anxieties about that. You know, they, they feel like somehow technology has passed them by or that they, you know, they, they've been doing things the same way for a long time. And so, and now that's where the Grounding Gardeners come into play. So talk to me a little bit about the Grounding Gardeners and how you guys, uh, you know, h- how you settled on, on that particular model for encouraging uh, participation kind of at that first stage of the program.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to say it was, it wasn't happenstance. It was really sort of overtly intentional, right? Um, in our approach, once we decided that the goal was to think about this as a, as a faculty-led, faculty-created kind of engagement. And we thought, let's bring some people together over the summer and generate some ideas. Not, not tell them what we want to make, but invite a conversation around what might be useful uh, either as a faculty fellows program or or, or something else. Um, and so, you know, I, I looked at the various people that I had connected with or been on committees with around digital literacy at IU, Bloomington specifically, but then also some of the relations that I'd had with folks on other campuses. Um, and Adam did the same. And we kind of triangulated a, a range of people from those just connections and conversations we've had over the years from, you know, associate deans uh, who are concerned with diversity, but also digital literacy to the librarians uh, that are involved, like Aaron Ellis. To the work I did with Seaweed and and the folks at CETL. Um, and then you know like Paul, you and I have known each other for for many years, uh, and way back to our days in South Carolina, the state, not the same school, uh, <laughs> um, and so you know it just became an opportunity to think, okay, well if we're going to bring together people, let's let's think strategically about you know diversity of representation, and not only in terms of gender and identity and the you know those kind of traditional demographics. Uh, but also rank, because I IU has a multitude of ranks and how we think about faculty um, and then and then location, right? Uh, and what that does is it 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 by design fosters a multitude of experiences that then have different kinds of stakes when it comes to digital literacy. So whether you're teaching you know pre-service teachers or you're focusing on diversity and equity and inclusion, digital literacy plays a huge role in both of those. Um and you know that that so we could we found some common ground, even though it was impossible for us to share a definition <laughs> right of what it means. So this is where this idea of well, let's move away from trying to define and fix what digital literacy means. and as a collective, uh, let's think about what does it mean to cultivate these kinds of literacies, these kind of competencies, these kind of engagements um, for us and for our students, and that uh, I mean, The where the the grounding gardeners comes from again it's a digital gardener metaphor and and we borrowed it uh, as much as we possibly can, because you know metaphors are the best part of what what we do, I think. Um, But it but it's a very intentional practice Uh, and then you know between Adam and I spending the summer with all of you talking about not here's where we need to go, but rather where might this thing go and then eventually grow uh, into a kind of full scale engagement.
1: Certainly, you know, there's a social element to all of this. I think one of the things that's been really enjoyable for me is getting to know a lot of different people from around the IU system. Uh, you know, we have a kind of a unique system here at Indiana University with all the regional campuses and then of course our two flagships at IU Bloomington and IUPUI, and so it's been really great to kind of get these folks together. Now, obviously the pandemic has prevented us from doing as much kind of in-person stuff as I think we would we would like. But now that things seem to be getting better on that front, I think we're going to be having some more of those in, uh, in-person type events and, and more of the social aspects of that. Could you guys talk a little bit about kind of the social, um, you know, the importance of just bringing people together for what we might call kind of fellowship, right? I mean, aside from just the sort of learning and the sharing, um, how important is it that there's a social element to all of this as well?
0: yeah you know uh, I think that there's a lot to be said about the value of um, of community and 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 developing as a teacher, right I think teaching happens in in community, and I think that that so often in higher ed um because we are trained to be experts um and and, and somewhat sometimes ne- that that you know leads to people sort of having a narrow perspective of a field, um, that i think challenges us when the when so much of sort of future challenges and sort of the fast moving sort of digital space is interdisciplinary our jobs that exist that our students will have simply don't exist yet so you know but it's hard to sort of define those interdisciplinary spaces or those collaborative spaces until you have uh until you have community until you have conversations right and and even if it's in the same discipline across campuses right you know um Basic group dynamics, sort of, you know, you know, say that that, you know, in groups and out groups develop, and and by bringing people together, virtually, and hopefully, as you said, Paul, you know, in person, um, uh, helps helps bridge those those unknowns, right, and and helps people find where there are are common goals, even across sometimes vastly different disciplines, and where we see those common goals of, uh, across disciplines we start to find ways to develop and weave an experience for the student that really goes beyond just experienced in an individual class because students experience their education beyond an individual class. So I think that you know beyond just you know we're going to help people figure out ways to adapt curriculum to emphasize skills that students need in a digital environment. We're also helping to, I think, you know, bridge um, uh, uh, just understanding of our role, you know, in students' education, which I think helps create more cohesive experiences for students, which ultimately I think the current higher education context that we're in is really, really beneficial for student success.
2: Yeah, I'll just, I'll add on a couple of quick things, Um, you know, for, for, For one, I always say we wanna focus less on building better lectures and more on building better learning experiences, right? Uh, and as a teacher, that's sort of what I try and do and how the programs that I have sort of evolved in and helped create um, over the time, I've always sort of focused on what is the experience that we are providing as its goal, whether it's in the classroom or otherwise. Um, and, and one of the things that you know I've been doing over the last couple of years in, in helping you know, lead workshops and things like that for Adobe, as a, as a thought, digital literacy thought leader for Adobe, is noticing that the shift to the virtual allowed us to continue to provide the kind of technical and pedagogical value. But when you move away from the in-person events to an online event, you lose a lot of that networking conversation, all those really great hallway conversations that happen, which are essential to the experience of a conference, a development workshop, and a, an engagement of some kind. So as we started thinking about faculty development and we knew we were gonna to have to do it in, 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 I call it in the box, right, in the Zoom box, um, the thing that we stressed early on and repeatedly come back to is creating space for conversation and engagement with one another. Like it's better for us to do a 15 to 20 minute program and create 40 minutes of conversation and discussion about strategies and deployment and experiences than it is for us to give you a full hour of content and, and then t- turn you loose on your own, right? Um, and that's that's how we approach it. And it's that that intentionality of trying to heavy handedly create that conversation space in a, in a virtual setting um, that I think is actually been part of the reason why we've been so successful so far. Right. Um, if we're in person, this happens almost um, naturally, right? We sit down in a classroom together, we go through some fun steps. I, you know, I make some sort of cooking metaphor jokes and then we learn about video. And then in the hallway, you start talking about, Oh, I really like this or I didn't, I would do it this way, or this is, this doesn't fit for my discipline or, or it would fit in this context. Um, and so you can kind of do that without, without a, a, an overt intentionality in, in an in-person event. But for us, the idea of the digital garden began with the gardeners, not the tools. So we, we want to focus on people first. <clears throat> and to that end, we wanted to create space for the community to come together and really to, to kind of engage with one another, not technically speaking, but like uh, as educators, as pedagogues, as practitioners, and then see how the tools enhanced those conversations or ground them in some some meaningful way.
0: You know, the other thing that I think is important is that when people think, oh well, we're going to train people on how to be digital literate, right? I think people think, oh well, well, you know, you're going to train us on how to click on this button or which buttons to click in what order, right? And um, and 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 that's that's not, I think, our approach for a variety of reasons. Um, in part because. You know being being digital literate uh is really sort of a, in some ways a mindset right about developing not having developed but developing skills and competencies you know over a period of time and i think that as things change we have to make sure that we have communities and understand sort of how, how digital communities uh form and, and function and and through that we can uh model that for students and then ultimately um, uh, be effective in, in helping to continue to grow those individual skills that we still do need to develop, you know, but if we, if we sort of train, sit focused, okay, well, this fellowship is about you coming in and we're going to teach you to click here, click here, click here. That's going to be, uh, irrelevant five minutes after we do it. And, and, uh, and we need to make sure that we get out outside of that kind of mindset of even framing digital literacy when we're, when we're, when we're talking to students. So we need to start that with, know how we're working with faculty
1: so I feel like you guys have already addressed a lot of this but I want to give you a chance because I I feel like it's quite possible that we have folks listening to this right now who are thinking you know I'm interested in this this is this might be something that I want to do what would be your pitch to people who are listening and who are considering being a digital gardener joining the initiative Um, but maybe they need kind of that extra boost or that that extra bit of persuasion what would be your pitch to those folks
2: If you are considering participating in a program like this, there's a couple of key elements that that come away from it. Uh, One of which is you will, in fact, be exposed to just a, a far wider range of tools and technologies That have been have a fairly proven track record for enhancing student learning engagement and retention, right? We know research has shown that um, students who are more engaged in digital creativity in the classroom are more likely to perform better, more likely to stay in the class longer, and it's disproportionately positively impacting students of color um, and from underrepresented populations. It's just there's the data supports this. Also, students uh, from like first gen uh, or, or first generation students, first time in college students are significantly benefited from um uh, digital literacy skills uh, in a way that uh, I think we often overlook and so it's, it's a matter of uh, first and foremost you I think you're going to have the ability to learn the the tools and technologies to make a greater impact in your teaching right secondly the digital gardener program is is, is in fact that it's a full program it involves a series of commitments and engagements deliverables including things like a professional development statement um, and ongoing community so not only do you have a record of commitment to your improvement as, a, as an employee, right? And it's a faculty, uh, NTT, TT, whatever the case may be. Um, and it's a sort of branded element that you can talk meaningfully about, but those kind of reflections are a core part of our program That it is intentional about what are you doing, why are you doing it? And why do you think this is important to your career, to your teaching, to your development, to your placement? Um, and then I think that the, the third sort of takeaway, and this is really at the heart of what we're doing, is we're trying to cultivate a community of and sort of innovative teachers, people who are forward thinking about technology and engagement. And, and being in this program, whether you're in cohort one or cohort three, puts you in conversation with those people who are always and forever inspiring me to like, oh, I didn't know that. I wanna learn this. Like, I, I can't wait for Sarah Smith Robbins uh, to present on PlayPosit because I know how to use PlayPosit, but I've never seen anybody else teach it and help people think about it. So I'm really excited to see you know, how she's going to approach it. Um, and just being a part of that kind of conversation and community to me is more more than valuable for right reasons but it's actually more valuable than what you get in terms of the compensation and all the way we support faculty in the program that community to me is the biggest takeaway
0: yeah you know and the thing that i would add to that is that you know we focused a lot on the discussion of the digital gardener faculty fellows program right because that's what we're running right now and and that's really where our focus is right now but the digital gardener initiative um, is, is intended to have a many, many different parts uh, including not just things that we create from the initiative itself like the faculty fellows program but also a way for programs that that already exist or that are being developed at individual campuses or within individual programs to be able to sort of create community to connect those things and maybe uh, and maybe grow them right so uh, you know Paul as you know um, the mind over chatter Uh, course that we want to promote through the Digital Gardener Initiative Program did not come out of the Digital Gardener Initiative Program. It's an example of the great work that we're already doing across IU in this space. So the Digital Gardener Initiative provides an opportunity for us to create communities of practice and affinity groups and allows us to sort of be a a, 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 connective tissue uh, throughout disciplines and, and across campuses. Um, to really emphasize the good work that, that we're already doing, right? IU—it's not just having the cyber infrastructure to be able to do some of this. It's also having a lot of interest and a lot of work that's already being done. But how can we do this and promote it in ways that 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 IU is able to do at scale that just simply other universities can't because of the way that they're structured, right? So I think that that's. That's you know something that we want to you know um, think about is that the initiative itself goes beyond just the fellowship. It goes to uh, be a, con- a way to connect other things that are already going on, but also as a way to bring people together to think about what are sort of some new. Um, some new things that we can create and, and, uh, and you know, uh, how, can we, how can we maybe take a seed, you know, from one plant on one campus and plant it somewhere else? I gotta, I gotta use some of my metaphors. Um, or how can we take two ideas and maybe, you know, two plants, right, and some hybridization, kind of figure out a way to create something new. Um, and I think that that's, that's what we want the, the initiative to do with the ultimate goal of uh, helping students at IU and other constituencies that we work with to to develop skills and competencies digital ways of knowing doing and making that are useful uh in their lives and in their careers uh and 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 that is just really a, a multifaceted goal that can really be manifested in different ways right now we're focusing on the faculty development piece but um but i think that there's a lot of other ways that that you know we hope that this will continue to grow and and um uh, and, and again, a lot of that's going to be to the community that we're developing through the program.
2: Yeah. The um, oh, I'm going to interrupt. So real quick, the uh, to answer the question I asked Adam, what is our motto or what is your your marketing slogan, right? Um, if we had one, it's that we are focused on innovation, implementation, and amplification. Which is that we are committed to championing innovative works in the classroom and engagement, uh, helping faculty develop implementation strategies to make a difference in their work, and then amplifying not only those successes but the successes that are already existing in our. In our Campuses, so that's really the three parts of of how we've been approaching a lot of the work we've done in DGI more broadly, and the fellows program is just one avenue uh, through which those kind of things happen.
1: Very nice. Innovate, implement, amplify. I like it. Uh, the last question I want to ask you guys is just to give you a chance to talk a little bit about what we have on the horizon. Uh, what are Crop yields may look like in the future, if I can use a metaphor there. I'm not sure if I'm using that correctly, but it sounds like it might be kind of sort of right. So Justin is doubled over laughing um, for those who are listening. But what I mean, what should we look for in the next two months, three months, six months, etc.?
2: Yeah. OK, I'll take a stab at this because, you know, uh, this is sort of a always ongoing question for us, because in many ways, we're, we're building the content of the programming as we're going. And we're, we're ahead of the curve, but it's sort of evolving based on audience feedback, based on need, based on situation and context. Right. Um, uh, and this month is Media March. Right. So we're focusing on working with video, interactive video and then podcasting all through Adobe Rush and PlayPosit as a singular sort of modality of engagement and and thinking or a single tool that allows multiple sorts of outputs. um, as sort of like a baseline for these kind of practices. Now, obviously, you want to get into higher end media work, you're going to move beyond Rush into other kinds of tools, but nonetheless, it's a starting point. And that's a lot of what we're doing this semester are sort of like low stakes starting points for faculty. Um, who, many of whom may have never even made a video. So, uh, you know, this is a kind of curve for that other than zoom recordings. Um, April is a sort of transition month uh, or transformation month where we start honing in more closely on the deliverables that we ask for our participants. So the the assignment instructional assets they are creating the reflections on those um, the actual personal professional development statement. Uh, we include the uh, the macro group strategies where they're working in groups to come up with um, ideas that will have impact beyond just their own classes. So that's again goes back to our community. And those are some of them are going to be participating in this podcast. Others are gonna you know take up other kinds of challenges related to spreading the word of digital literacy uh, and to engaging in the larger IU community um, as a process. And then at the end of April, we'll have our showcase day where we finally get, everyone gets to meet and be together. Uh, break bread, have some lunch, uh, and then share their experiences and the stories of what they're creating, as a kind of opportunity to, I always say, you know, uh, I love show and tell, right? Because it, it for, uh, the showing is more important than the telling for me because it actually puts things out there. And so much of what we've done all semester long has been conversation and telling, and we haven't really got to see a lot of the things people are working on. So it's an opportunity to, to show us your work or to let me stick it on the fridge, right? Like I do with my kids' work. Like this is, look at this example, shining example. Um, Going forward, uh, we have every intention to to run the program again in the fall and again next spring, so we will have an open call here before too long about uh, faculty fellow enrollment um, for the fall semester, and we will invite our current cohort back in some in varying capacities to specific events, but also uh, for a few of them to serve as faculty mentors for the next group to to be part of the ongoing development of that community. and then beyond that, I, I, I don't know what happens in 2024. So we'll, we'll see where we get to Well, it, it,
0: And part of that is, you know, where do the uh, grounding gardeners like you, Paul, and where do the faculty fellows that are going through the cohort right now, what are they wanting to do? As Justin mentioned, um, you know, one of the challenges, one of the deliverables is to start to develop a plan for further cultivation of digital literacy uh, culture at IU. So I think that where we go beyond this, um, you know, certainly I think Justin and I have some ideas, and and others do. But we really want this to be a community effort where we come together and and I mean, and, and, you know, and 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 find ways to connect different people's interests um, and goals to to this, and then and then kind of go, go forward. So I think that that could manifest itself in a variety um, a variety of different ways. So. We have some ideas of sort of some, some foundational, some grounding uh, strategies, but I think that you know, beyond that, we're, we really want this to, to be a, um, uh, a grassroots <laughs> to try to use additional uh, metaphor um, uh, initiative.
1: Very nice. Well, it's exciting. It, I, you know, I can say just for me that it's been a really great opportunity. I mean, more than that, it's, it's actually been transformative for me in terms of how I've been able to rethink and reconceptualize some of my own engagements in the classroom and with students. Uh, it's given me an outlet, uh, you know, that 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 I might not otherwise have or might not have quite to the same degree on my own campus. Um, being able to network and meet and teach and learn from other people, um, and then also bringing this to some of the folks on my campus has, I think, really been transformative for them as as well. So. You know kudos to you guys for kind of having this idea and, and for and for being able to put it out there and get it off the ground. I mean I, I know from experience that these kinds of things, especially these kinds of system-wide multi-campus endeavors, are just incredibly um labor intensive there's a lot of communicating that has to happen a lot of organizing and logistics and you know um just being able to do that and and to do it as i think masterfully as you all have have done is really impressive Thanks so much for listening to our first episode of the Digital Gardening Podcast. We're hoping to drop new episodes every couple of weeks or so, and in the coming weeks, we will chat about the value of digital literacy in a hyper-connected digital world, including how it benefits students entering new and changing career fields. We'll also profile and interview some of the faculty members from across IU who are in the Digital Gardener Faculty Fellows Program that Justin and Adam talked about today. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and learn more about the Digital Gardener Initiative at go.iu.edu/slash DGI. Finally, we'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions for future episodes.
2: Go ahead and drop us a line at DGI at iu.edu.